The Devil's Advocates Radio Show is broadcast under a time brokerage agreement between Devil Radio and Civic Media Inc. Some portions of this program may be pre-recorded. Warning, you are about to listen to the greatest radio show ever. And due to contractual obligations and to shield our airwaves and corporate licensees from any semblance of liability, responsibility, and gullibility, we must tell you the views represented on this show are not necessarily those of this station or its management. This radio show contains differing points of view on current political topics, and due to the nature of its contents, it should be heard by everyone. Thank you for listening. Now live from the Civic Media Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, where the political party is just beginning, welcome to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show. Friends proving it's never personal, only politics. Please allow me to introduce myself. And now, here's your hosts, Dom and Crute. Welcome back to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show, a Take It Back Tuesday edition, a happier happy hour. Roll it into it, Dom. And I'd like to start this hour, if you'll allow and concur. I allow. Joe Biden, the president, forcefully condemning Trump's NATO comments over the weekend is un-American. We've got some of this sound. Nate's going to help us. I've got some coverage. Amy Wang at the Washington Post. President Biden on Tuesday forcefully condemned is un-American. Those were his words. Comments made by former President Donald Trump in which he said he would encourage Russia to invade NATO allies if those countries did not spend enough money on defense, right? That was the threat. Biden delivered the remarks Tuesday to urge Congress to pass $95 billion in national security to aid Israel, Ukraine, and other U.S. allies. The Senate passed the bill early Tuesday morning, but House Speaker Mike Johnson has already rejected the package. That's MAGA Mike. Speaking from the White House, Biden said Trump's comments had sent a dangerous and shameful signal to the world. Biden was referring to a speech Trump had given at a campaign rally in South Carolina in which he imagined a NATO country asking if the United States would protect them from a Russian attack if they didn't pay. I said, you didn't oh, pay. Hang on, hang on over here. But I'm not sure that he's imagining this. He's telling this story like it happened. Now, I don't believe that it necessarily happened, but Donald Trump explains the story as if this was a real conversation that he had. I said, you didn't pay. You're delinquent. He said, yes. Let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you, Trump told the tr- crowd then. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. Uh, As the Post notes, the worst part of Trump's speech, Biden said Tuesday, was that he means it. Well, we've got some sound. (laughs) So let's play the sound. Here's President Joe Biden from today. Dom, I'm going to let you call the hits. Let's do it, Nate. Thank you for your hard work today. As always, uh, cut number one, President Biden playing to Putin. Supporting this bill standing up to Putin. Opposing it is playing into Putin's hands. Well, you know, they love some chaos over in this country. All our adversaries do. Uh, President Biden urging Speaker Johnson cut two. I urge Speaker Johnson to bring it to the floor immediately. Immediately. It's very critical. Cut three, please, Nate. This is a critical act for the House to move. 
It needs to move. The bill provides urgent funding for Ukraine so it can keep defending itself against Putin's vicious, vicious onslaught. Uh, it's a clear message. Cut for. This bipartisan bill sends a clear message to Ukrainians and to our partners and to our allies around the world. America can be trusted. America can be relied upon. And America stands up for freedom. We stand strong for our allies. We never bow down to anyone, and certainly not to Vladimir Putin. So let's get on with this. I'm not sure that is the position of all Americans currently, Don. We've even heard some earlier callers today questioning the, the wisdom of funding foreign aid, providing relief, you know, because we got a border issue. Why is the Ukrainian border more important? Just because they got tanks rolling across their border. You know, and we've got some Guatemalans seeking asylum at ours. It's all the same, is it not? At least in the telling on the Foxy News. No, it is It is not the same. Uh, standing for democracy, President Joe Biden today. Cut five, please, Nate. Republicans and Democrats in the Senate came together to send the message of unity to the world. It's time for the House Republicans to do the same thing, to pass this bill immediately, to stand for decency, stand for democracy, to stand up to a so-called leader hell-bent on weakening American security. Standing for democracy. Well said, President Biden. Uh, here he goes now, the president referring to Trump's comments on NATO. Play cut six, please. The stakes are already high for American security before this bill was passed in the Senate last night. But in recent days, those stakes have risen. And that's because the former president has sent a dangerous and shockingly, frankly, un-American signal to the world. Just a few days ago, Trump gave an invitation to Putin to invade some of our allies, NATO allies. He said if an ally didn't spend enough money on defense, he would encourage Russia to, quote, do whatever the hell they want, end of quote. Wow. Terrible. Uh, Joe Biden referencing the former president on NATO. Cut number seven, please. No other president in our history has ever bowed down to a Russian dictator. Well, let me say this as clearly as I can. I never will. For God's sake, it's dumb. It's shameful. It's dangerous. It's un-American. Well, that well, he is never will. But but we know we saw Trump and Helsinki, Crudy. What a disgusting display, embarrassment that was. Why would he though? Why that was his he? question. Why would he though? Why would Putin interfere in the American elections? Because he strongly denied doing it, Dom. So that was good Very enough for powerfully and strongly denied it. So, that was enough for know. Trump. I got a little bit more here from the Washington Post coverage of this. Biden said Trump did not understand that the NATO alliance was a sacred commitment the United States had made. Donald Trump looks at this as if it's a burden. When he looks at NATO, he doesn't see the alliance that protects America and the world. He sees a protection racket. That's kind of the way he laid it out. <laughs> totally. No, I like Joe yeah. Biden's analogy. He's hey, doing NATO, just fine here. Some beautiful windows you got here. I'm selling insurance. Uh, you know, if you buy my insurance, I cannot. I will replace them and find out who did that. But if you do not buy my insurance, NATO, I cannot guarantee that your windows will not be broken. Well, more from Biden. His quote: He, Trump, doesn't understand that NATO's built on fundamental principles of freedom security and national sovereignty, because for Trump, principles never matter. Everything is transactional. 
Uh, Dominic Biden also noted that NATO's Article 5, which states that an armed attack against one or more NATO country shall be considered an attack against them all. You know, that allies thing, not transactional, just allies, has only been invoked once, and it was to stand with the United States after the 9-11 attacks, right? America's adversaries have long wished for NATO's alliance to fall apart, the president added. One more quote. You can be sure that they all cheered when they heard that Donald Trump and heard what he said. I know this. I will not walk away. I can't imagine any other president walking away. For as long as I'm president, if Russian leader Vladimir Putin attacks a NATO ally, the United States will defend every inch of NATO territory. As for comment on Biden's remarks, the Trump campaign pointed to a statement from Trump advisor Jason Miller. What a... There's a special place in hell for that guy, Dom, but Jason Miller... Miller derided concern about Trump's NATO comments as worried by Democrat and media pearl clutchers and said that Trump had been effective in getting NATO countries to pay up when he was president. When you don't pay your defense spending, you can't be surprised that you get more war, Miller said. He's a swell guy, and he repeatedly on Tuesday, Biden said that history was watching what Congress would do. One last quote to wrap it up here, Dom. Our nation stands at an inflection point, an inflection point in history where the decisions we make now are going to determine the course of our future for decades to come. I say to the House members, House Republicans, you got to decide. Are you going to stand up for freedom? Are you going to side with terror and tyranny? Are you going to stand with Ukraine? Are you going to stand with Putin? Will you stand with America or Trump? I like this framing. Yeah. I believe this This is damn good, Joe Biden. This is an effective communication because if you believe in what Trump was espousing, if that guy, if he's your cult leader, if you're signing up for more of that, and we're going to let sovereign nations just get overrun by Russia, that's okay with you. That is not an American sentiment. Not just sovereign nations, NATO allies. Well, the Ukraine is not technically a NATO ally. Oh, certainly. But he wasn't talking about Ukraine. Trump was specifically talking about NATO. Sure. Now, this bill, this bill that passed, a bipartisan bill, passing the Senate for, what, $95 billion for aid to Israel, Ukraine, and other U.S. allies, uh, that's that's what 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 specifically uh, brought this speech on. But, but it does uh, not go bit- forward unless Mike Johnson brings it to the floor of the House because despite the support of Democratic members— Republican members will kill this, or at least that's what he claims. Uh, Let's hear Chuck Schumer in the Senate speaking to this very issue. Cut number 11, if you would please, Nate. I am confident there are many Republicans in his caucus. I know I've spoken to a whole bunch of them who feel strongly we ought to pass this bill. And I will urge uh, Speaker Johnson to step up to, to the moment and do the right thing. He will not do the right thing. Don't count on it, Schumer. Uh, Cut 12, please. House should pass it. The House should pass our bill. It's been through the crucible of four months of negotiations and ups and downs. It passed the crucible on the Republican side of almost a majority of Republicans rejecting the result of their putative presidential candidate. We ought to stick with this bill. 
And uh, another one from Chuck Schumer in the Senate. The Dems were willing on this. Cut 13, please, Nate. We Democrats were willing, as you know, to go many steps in the direction of a strong, tough border bill. Democrats were willing to support a bill supported by the Wall Street Journal editorial page. Democrats were willing to support a bill supported by the Border Patrol Union, which is very much a Republican organization. Have we got time for Rojo? Let's lay that one out there if you can. No, no time, not enough you time. Got we have off. Ron Johnson has, has a comment on this as well. Uh, perhaps we'll come back with a little Ron for all of you folks. President Joe Biden laying down the lumber today. I'm with you. I thought that was a great frame. You know who else laid some lumber last night? John Stewart returned to the Daily Show last night. I watched it live. I'll share a few of his best. Come back, more Devil's Advocates. Never best. The best of us. It's probably coming next. Occupy didn't start on Wall Street. It started on our street. The Devil's Advocates. Thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates radio show. Caller, be patient. We will get to you shortly at 844-967-2789. Dom, I've got a little news. We can advance the conversation slightly on the fraud trial of Donald Trump. When will the verdict be rendered? Friday. Friday. (laughs) Big Friday. Cannot wait, Dom. Judge Arthur Ingeron is expected to issue his long-awaited, his imminent ruling, Dom, in former President Donald Trump's $370 million civil fraud trial on Friday, a source told the New York Daily News Tuesday. So if we can believe that source, Ingeron, to rule on Friday, you'll want to tune in, Dom. Can't wait. 844-967-2789. We'll take your calls. Also, also want to mention the return of John Stewart last night, man. I'd been looking forward to this for quite some time. I am big into like the Colbert. Remember when there used to be a Colbert report before he moved over to CBS? And it was John Stewart. Colbert was like one of the reporters on the Daily Show back in the day. Well, he was. And he sort of did this Republican affectation. You know, he was like. He played the always Republican O'Reilly. guy. He was like the O'Reilly character. It, it was a great character, and it played very well, and now he does it himself. But John Stewart, he only does John Stewart, man. It was funny last night. We got just a few. Let's share them, and then off to the phones. Again, 844-96-PARTY, political party up in here. Let's uh, play John Stewart. I think we got three. Let's go first. I missed this guy. Why am I back? Uh, you may be asking yourselves. It's a very reasonable question. Uh, I have committed a lot of crimes. <laughs> From what I understand, talk show hosts are granted immunity, so it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't make a lot of sense, but take it up with the founders. I don't know. That is exactly what we've been banking on since the day we became talk show hosts. <laughs> More of the John Stewart from last night, his premiere. He's only doing Mondays on The Daily Show, Comedy Central, but it was a great night last night. Play for the people. One thing we know for certain is this. We have two candidates who are chronologically outside the norm of anyone who has run uh, for the presidency in this country, in the history of this country. They are the oldest people 
ever to run for president, breaking by only four years the record that they set! <laughs> the last time they ran! <laughs> Was it four years ago? Seems oh, like only like yesterday. Yeah. Uh, one more from John Stewart, just because I miss this guy. Thank you, Nate. The work of making this world resemble one that you would prefer to live in is a lunch pail job day in and day out where thousands of committed anonymous smart and dedicated people bang on closed doors and pick up those that are fallen and grind away on issues till they get a positive result and even then have to stay on to make sure that result holds so the good news is I'm not saying you don't have to worry about who wins the election. I'm saying you have to worry about every day before it and every day after. Words that we live by here. We're in these trenches every day. We're fighting this family. Self-governance seems really hard, man. It seems like work. <sighs> it is damn hard. Um, <laughs> right on. 844-967-2789. Jeannie from Middleton. Welcome, Jeannie. What do you got for us? Hi, Judy. Hi, Clarity. I love John Stewart as well, and I'm glad he's back. He's one voice of sanity in today's media. Um, But at the same time, I did want to kind of comment about, you know, like uh, our elite suggesting that we're supposed to give endless amounts of money for foreign wars. And I say that I would attach some kind of contingency to all those those, um, dollars. And my first contingency is the idea that we bring back the draft. And it would be for both male and female citizens. Uh, And I say that as a U.S. veteran. I'd also say that we have to pay as we go. We can't put it on the credit card. So that means they're going to have to increase some taxes on somebody. And equally so, I'd like them to have to make an objective media so that we are sure to inform the U.S. citizens of the critical information that they need to know to make informed decisions. And then as related to the draft deal, I'd also uh, think that we should address the fitness status of our population. Because needless to say, given our current reputation of being obese and let's just say not the most um, work ethic population in the world, maybe uh, they would it would be in keeping with what the draft uh, needs would be. Well, so what's your thoughts when I say that? Jeannie, I like to call this my Milwaukee alderman. <laughs> uh, Jeannie, I would say that's a lot of preconditions and I certainly can appreciate, um, most of them, but as a, as a father with three kids that are potentially of draft age, two boys and a girl, hell no, hell no. Are we going to the draft? Not, not, over my dead body, I'll move the kids to Canada. We are not going that route. Not not for the decisions we make under any of these administrations. <clears throat> it is very bothersome to me that every war must be funded with the supplemental. Meaning this $95 billion, that's above and beyond the eight or $900 billion we spend for what? Peacetime strength? We spend nearly a trillion dollars on our defense. That is what we make our priority, right? But every time a skirmish breaks out, a war breaks out, got to find some more cash for defense contractors. 
So I can certainly understand, Jeannie, why you would have that that belief. Unfortunately, we wait until there's some hot tender box cooking in the Middle East or the Russians have invaded Ukraine and we cannot or we hold fight wars those for people. oil or for politics. I mean, you know what? I, what I don't want, and Jeannie, I, I appreciate your position. I hear what you're saying. But I don't want my kids being drafted for political wars. I mean, if, if we got the tanks rolling through you know, downtown Milwaukee, you know, I, you know, if Canada invades, I'm down. I hear what you're saying, uh, but that's not the case. These are voluntary wars on our part, Jeannie. And, and to the, the point of our, our being lazy Americans and whatnot, I just, and sorry, I didn't say this earlier, Crudy, happy, happy fat Tuesday to you. Thank you. I feel honored. <laughs> I resemble that remark. 844-967. You know, I jumped on the scale today and it started tipping above and you know how it kind of fluctuates? I didn't wait. I just saw it cracked it above. Jumped, it, I just jumped off. I just assumed <laughs> it was coming back down and said, I'll wait a couple days. Here. <laughs> 844-967-2789. Calling from God's country, our buddy Dana, listening on the Eagle 1490 AM. How you doing, Dana? Hey, Dana. Hey, Dells. Uh, happy Tuesday. Yeah, nice day today. Yeah, Thanks for sharing those uh, uh, John Stewart uh, clips. I haven't gotten to see it yet but uh, i'm glad he's back you mentioned uh colbert and how um he was kind of a quasi uh republican uh actually the republicans actually used to think he was one of theirs and uh, i mean they actually believed he was like a bill o'reilly and if you look it up if you haven't seen it yet back in the 2006 i believe correspondence dinner the Bush White House invited him, and he ripped into the entire administration. They were shocked. They didn't know it hit him. Look it up sometime. <laughs> Dana, be well, my friend. Come back with us. Your memories, you know, they got to be fresh because stabs are not as lucid. 844-967-2789. You remember, don't you? Yeah. The Devil's Advocates. So relevant, they have one foot in tomorrow. Welcome back to the Devil's Advocates Radio Show, the Tuesday edition. A Take It Back Tuesday. A happier happy hour. Hope you're happy, Dom. See what you've done? I'm happy. Happy enough. 844-967-2789. Got a few more thoughts, but we've got callers. We should get to them. Cam from Nina. Welcome back. Cam, what do you got for us? Hey, Cam. Okay, let's let, hear me out. Let's say CJ got. <laughs> All right, bye, Cam. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Go on. Start over. Start over. Oh, oh fair enough. Yeah, you, you guys muted me. Fair enough. Um, let's say, let's say CJ was drafted. What group do you think he'd be in? What group would he group. be in? What, what do you mean group? Yeah, where, where would, where would they deploy him to? Ah, uh, well, you know, a trillion dollars in defense spending gives us lots of different places around the world, Cam. So, you know, yeah, but what lots of, I suspect he would be digging lots of latrines, Cam, as a guy who served. <laughs> someone's got to do it. That seems like CJ work to me. So if I KP. were his platoon guide, uh, no, KP is the kitchen. That's a little cleaner thing. He'd be digging the latrines and. Uh, you Beto know. Bailey did KP a lot, man, but I don't know. What do you think, Cam? 
I, you know, I, I honestly was just hoping that you guys had answers because I thought of it and I was just like, you know, they, they, they got to answer that question for me because I, I can't think of anything specific. I'm not a military guy. I, I can't ask you. Yeah, no, I, I could not idea. see him having like an advanced MOS, uh, like a job, a military job, like, you know, infantrymen. And he's a strapping lad. He might, he might be the guy hauling around the 60. That's, that's what I, you know, more so the bandoliers, not the aiming and the shooting, just the heavy carrying of that's, that's a the good M60. role for CJ. Yeah, perhaps. Hey, Cam, uh, let me ask you as a younger American, uh, we had a caller uh, last segment talking about, you know, instilling the draft, bringing back the draft. Uh, have you considered that? And what are your thoughts on something like that? I was actually going to avoid talking about that because it, I know it sounds really like un-American, but man, like the thought of doing anything draft related for um, a political war or political theater, I'm not interested. They're I all would, political wars, Cam. I mean, sure, fair. maybe yeah, World are, War II, I, I, we got we, Pearl Harbor. Everything else was a political decision on some way, shape or form. Yeah, but imagine going to Iraq or Afghanistan. Oh, I can imagine. And seeing, well, I know you can, but I'm, I'm saying like, just in general, like when you see George Bush, what do you think? His, him and his dopey ears and that big grin of his, what do you think? Uh, I served under H.W. Bush and the invasion of Kuwait, the imminent invasion, the Iraqis, you know, had piled up on the border apparently. And then we sent a lot of troops and then it was over in like two weeks. You know, once the buildup was over, it was over because it didn't take us very long to get to Baghdad. But then, you know, it ended and the son felt like destiny owed his papa a victory, a real war, uh, a clear and decisive victory over Saddam Hussein. Now, his son lied us into a war. And the only thing that was great about my personal experience, Cam, I actually joined the military under H.W. Bush. But as an eight-year reservist, I served most of my time under Slick Willie Bill Clinton, who was more of a lover than a, than a fighter, if you know what I'm saying. So the peace and prosperity of the Clinton years kept my ass from going off to some other place. Uh, Clinton had the only surplus that I recall in my lifetime. Well, we didn't fight in any wars under, under Clinton. 844. Uh, thank you for the call, Cam. Appreciate it. 844 <laughs> Thank you for repeating my words immediately after I say them. Echo. We're an old echo. married couple, man. You know, we got, we got one of these. Uh, you're off next week, right? So I'm just going to roll without you next week so we won't be talking over each other. Right? That's a, well, I'll be back on Friday. But yes, oh, I'm okay, vacationing well. with my real wife and my real family. People that. <laughs> I'm, your, I'm like your work wife. Well, you know, they, they don't even try to pretend like they like me. That's the difference. <laughs> Just bring your oh, wallet down for a couple hours a day. Crudy. It's okay. Let's go, Paul. You're next eight, four, four, nine, six party. Welcome Paulie. What do you got for us? Hey, Paul. Hey, just a couple of things here. First, first off, um, I do believe I'm correct. When I say this, um, Ukraine, when they broke away from Russia or got their freedom or whatever you want to call it there, they gave up their nukes. And in return, NATO and the United States said, we'll protect you. So that's a signed document. And um, I hope I keep, we need to keep our word on that one. And, and the thing about NATO, 
I think it's 1945, 46, something like that, or whenever it came into effect, and it's worked. You know, Europe's been uh, war-free, so I don't think you should get rid of that. And as far as the draft, it's going back in time, but I was lucky enough to win the lottery in 1971. The draft and, uh, lottery, my- different sort of lottery, because oh. some of the kids today might not know what you're talking about, Wisco. Yeah, that's the only lottery I ever won in my life, by the way. But uh, it's a kind of a different experience. So I really, you know, if if uh, you keep NATO and you fund Ukraine and um, um, work with other countries, hopefully you'll never need another draft again. So that's just my take on that because um, it changed my life. I didn't have to go overseas, but, you know, some of it good, some of it bad. But And then the last thing I want to so I'm not for it. So draft, you did, by the way. you were well, drafted, Wisco. When you say you won the absolutely. lottery, you won by yeah, losing. Won you were you were brought <laughs> right. into the military against your will. That's correct. Oh, so, man, I got to tell I'm, you, I would have been, you know, and I'm a guy who joined the military, but if you tried to make me do something, oh, man, I'd be such a draft dodger. No, you would have won. You'd have did it back in the time. You, I, 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 I know. I feel I know you really well. You would have went. I might have joined. I might have. But if my number came up, I think it would. You know, it's like, it's like trying to convince someone to do something when you tell them they got to do it. I mean, you couldn't convince me to go eat. If you told me I had to go eat some strawberry shortcake, I'd say hell no. But if you said, "Hey, I got some strawberry shortcake. Oh, can I have some?" (laughs) <laughs> I like and, two uh, scoops, please. Hey, can I go back to the um, one of the things that started off the day here with um, Tony's maps, and you two guys were talking about it. What I if I if I just heard right on the radio, it's going to be Tony's new maps, not not the maps from twenty oh is it two thousand eleven or no? It would have been uh, twenty twenty one. Excuse me. If if that's the case, he's Punter Punter has to take the new maps that he's. If that's the case, that he submitted to the Supreme Court. So um, with that, I'll let you guys go. Great show, uh, you guys. I, I just love listening to you. So have a great night. Thanks, Thanks you. Paul. You too, man. Appreciate Except it, man. now I'm a little hungry for strawberry shortcake. <laughs> like real strawberry shortcake from oh, yeah. Lombardi's. But yeah. only, but only. The real. <laughs> if you don't tell me, I got to eat it. Uh, you know, I, I am. I'm. I'm I, the draft thing, uh, of course, I was born in 1971, didn't have to worry about it. You know, I had to register for selective service and all that. But, you know, that was not a thing in, in my 50s now. You know, I'm not going to be the the one. It'd be my kids. So problematic, certainly got an issue with that, especially when you're talking about, you know, what someone like a commander in chief like Donald Trump. And I'm saying, hey, Donald Trump's now the commander in chief. And he's going to send you guys to go fight with, uh, you know, with our new ally, Putin to go kill all the Ukrainians because, you know, there's lots of oil there. And what we what we never, or we very rarely hear Technically about. Technically, it's natural these, gas, Don, but please continue. <laughs> you know, whatever. Minerals, call it what, I mean, uh, uh, resources, call it what you want. Timber, land. I mean, what? look over the course of the years. You, you know, you, you want something, you're going to make some money on it, you go, just go kill the people that have it. Um, So that's obviously not, not acceptable in my mind, uh, short of, you know, tanks rolling over the borders. That being said though, uh, and what, what, what I think the downside of not having a draft is the willful disengagement of, of 
our political process of our self-governance. When you, when you looked at, you know, from the sixties and the seventies and, and the, the, the civil rights movements and the anti-war movements and all those kinds of things, you know, those, those, that generation was facing the very real possibility that, you know, they could be sent off to war for, for a, a quote unquote political reason. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, there's money to be made in wars. You know what I'm saying? There's, it's, it's not just a matter of pure self-defense. If, if you do it some... right, there's money to be made in peace, Dom, but ah, please continue. Right, right. But so when we have, when we, when you rightfully ended the draft, I think personally, when we rightfully ended the draft, I, I think what we also did was we, we provided an opportunity for the younger Americans to be disengaged with the, self-governance because all of a sudden you're really 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 tuned in when you figure out that whoever's elected can send you off to fight a war for whatever reason they think so why, all of a sudden why? their judgment becomes very important to you their background their, their their philosophy their history those things matter when all of a sudden it becomes the fact that you could be on the receiving end on the front lines and in some war because uh, they're trying to you know protect the shipping lane what what precisely makes you think that the draft is a thing of the past i mean if we had some sort of land war absolutely they would reinstitute the draft i mean they just decommissioned the draft until they need the draft again you know they wanted the draft in world war ii then they needed it in korea and then they needed it in vietnam do they need it do they need it I mean, so yes, it's obviously it's yeah. A, when a, they a, needed the grunts it's a to go, legislative act certainly, and you can still do that. But my point being is the lack of that, call it threat to your life to be drafted into. But what makes you war, think that uh, that's been dissipated? Perhaps what allows folks to be disengaged with whatever the hell they're doing. It's not me. Well, you've been disengaged, you know, accepting these fine shows we do on the radio together for most of our lifetime no, disengaged geopolitically because you never felt it i speak from experience crudy yes absolutely disengaged willfully disengaged didn't care didn't matter wasn't me i'm over here making my but money what doing my thing makes you think that if our nation had some sort of a war they wouldn't reinstitute the draft i mean why uh, do you another war i mean another war, war. A military action? A police I, I action? don't mean do a police mean? action I mean, in Grenada, Reagan. I'm talking about a war. A war. Like, like the Iraq like, war? Like the Middle East, you know, starts dragging like, us in. Well, but like like the war you signed up for. That was less than a war. That was something of the police action, let's call it. I mean, it didn't turn into a war, Don, but if we had a war, your kids and my kids, if they ain't in college, if they don't have a rich daddy and unfortunately our kids don't unless and there's some bone spurs right i mean i mean come on that's, their personal the vietnam maybe trying not to get an std in the clubs of new york like donald yeah, trump his own personal vietnam but right. i gotta tell you dom if there is a draft they're going to draft people and there would be a draft if there was a war and they felt like they needed well, more I mean, not, soldiers how many how many wars have we fought since the the draft's not been in here i would say zero. actions all the time sure right every dozen okay. years right. so some if, sort if of military that, action they have that's going to be the political willpower for folks to start drafting their own kids into a war for what 
I think if it was a U.S. involving war, there's some sort of a World War III going on, dude, and everybody's getting drafted. And you might find that, you know, by staying in shape into your 50s, you made yourself eligible for expanded <laughs> yeah. service. They'd I find a role for your Tuesday. ass. I need a punch key, man. Somebody's got to dig those trenches for the latrines. You and CJ, you guys would be cheap labor. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just not. Guy. Just bring the morphine, dude. We'll be fine. The the same fear of war that I would have, that, that some conflict in the Middle East, that some incursion of the Russians could somehow embroiled NATO nations could pull us in. Remember what we were talking about this hour? Joe Biden says, you know, any NATO nation, we're going to defend every inch. What if, you know, the emboldenment of Putin pushes him to go invade another country, a NATO country? We, and we already have a standing army. What makes you think a draft would be necessary to do those things? I don't think it would be sufficient. Although, you know, the Russians haven't exactly shown themselves to be the superior fighters. It's almost like the graft of the Putin reign has somehow robbed them of their military might. But we'll talk more. Devils, come back, please. The Devil's Advocates, making radio great again. Yeah, thank you for listening to the Devil's Advocates Radio Soul Show. Our last segment of the day. If you got something to say, hit us up right now. 844-967-2789. Stick around. Busted Pencils coming up next. Going to the phones, did you say, Dom? That seems like a swell idea. Best one you've had all day. Let's get to them. 844-96-PARTY. Uh, Matt from Middleton. Welcome. What do you got for us? Hey, Matt. Hello, Devils. Um... I would say that uh, Mayor Pete back in 2016 mentioned national service. I think it's very important and might be necessary today with all of our uh, fractioning of society among socioeconomic classes, uh, the divisions, the lack of understanding in civics, um, the need to bring people of different classes together and have projects, and just a renewed faith in the Western system that's uh, under threat right now by the fascists and the uh, Trump people that support Trump because they've given up on that. They no longer believe that it works for them. And that's, that's not necessarily correct. Matt, uh, I like your plan. Let me ask. I was going to ask how we implement this plan. Let's say it's a, a job corps, not, I not think, the military. It, Go ahead. What's your plan? I think that it, that, it, well, today's military is very technical. So a lot of people with lower IQs aren't necessarily needed. So I think that my plan would be to implement it on a domestic national service front where people of all IQs and classes are welcome to do it. And there's a somewhat of a promise that, you know, if a war is enacted and American politicians are responsible, there's one level of, of you know, you have to go or you don't, as opposed to if uh, a war is actually needed and Russia continues to move across the planet and China comes in and, because we have to look at the geopolitics of today and climate change is going to cause massive disruptions and the world order is right now shifting. And the, the, the idea that we can sit comfortably and pretend like things are normal as Americans because we're lucky and we're very fortunate, that is absolutely incorrect and not a way to think about things. And the other thing is that if a draft is implemented and people serve, 
a vote for Trump would go down to practically 3%. The only the extremists would vote for him because their blood is on the line. Uh, people would no longer, but they would pay more attention. They would not buy into the propaganda and nonsense. Um, but man, isn't, like said, isn't Trump do, isolationist? Wetlands. Huh? Isn't Trump isolationist? I mean, you've had lots of great thoughts, but let's unpack a few. Uh, Trump make America great again is, is. I, go ahead. I, I don't think he necessarily is. I think it's all about deals and money to him and what he can profit, uh, personally from, um, and the people he wants to put into government around him want to fundamentally change the Constitution and America. And I don't know how bad that'll be, but I know it's going to break a lot of things. And when you break stuff and you're not smart, like Trump is not a very smart guy. He can't even read. He needs pictures. So he would break things to a point that war probably would happen. Matt, what was the old motto? Pier one, I think. You break it, you buy it. Didn't we have Colin Powell tell us that once you break it, you buy it. When the United States breaks a foreign country, we've bought the consequences, the wars, the the incursions. The the, the legacy, the 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 history. It's all ours then if you're engaged in that. You know, Matt's doing some multi level thinking. It's kind of harsh in my buzz though. Let's keep moving. No, great call, Matt. Appreciate it. It was a great call. 844. I know it's it's a scary world out there. And I was just trying to have fun, talk about my boy John Stewart coming back and you know, get some yucks on the radio with you. Here's a ever optimistic guy, our buddy Rico from Rock County. He's already laughing. Welcome back, Rico. Make me make me happy again. Hey Rico. Oh, you got rid you guys got rid of the beat, man. You got rid of the beat messes me up now. There's no more beat. There used to be a beat, but don't worry about that. Hey, I want to thank Wisco for his service to the country. I really do, you know, because he didn't have right a choice. He got drafted to hear him tell it. Is it well, yeah. Then thank yeah, but, me for my yeah, service you, in a penal institution because I went to jail for yeah, this but, country, you know, to make a, the, the streets safer and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I, I, I won the lottery, too, in the fact that uh, just prior to me turning 18, they ended the draft altogether. And and I'll tell you what, growing up during them days, there was only three networks. I want you kids and your younger listeners to think about this. And every night, every night they would be on the news, doesn't matter what network you watched, telling you how many guys died that day, every day of your life as a kid. And it only brings me back to one thing. Don, you're going to like this one. Metallica, Sandman. That's how I grew up. And the, in the, in the monster, the monster was the Vietnam War. So just wanted to get that out. Thanks, guy. Well, that didn't Thanks, Rico. feel very cheerful, Rico. <laughs> Getting all real on us. Hey, man, war is hell. You can't deny that stuff, man. That's why. It, 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 and it, the engagement part, I think, you know, we had a couple of callers that kind of referenced that. Uh, when, when there's, when there, when it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. You know, no, man, and I've been now liking on Facebook for years. I've done my part. <laughs> yeah. I've been posted on TikTok. I haven't. 844-967-2789. Actually, we now have a TikTok account. Go oh, yeah? find the devil's advocates all right, there. All right. <laughs> Margaret from Cottage Grove. You'll get the last word today. What is it? Hi, Margaret. Hi there. 
I just thought I'd relay a um, family story. Do it, Margaret. Just make it a quick one because we're running a little short on time. Okay. In 1971, (laughs) my oldest brother was drafted, but he had an appointment to Annapolis, and he couldn't pass physical. His number was number 27. My next youngest brother, who was also in that, that draft, was a conscientious objector. And he drew 366, leap year. A leap year. Well, huh. Margaret, really appreciate that phone call. I mean, think about your whole life being determined by where you end up in the draft lottery. And I don't mean like Aaron Rodgers sort of life. I mean, your your ability to live and not serve your nation in a foreign jungle or I mean, desert our grandparents, or the whatever. The generation fought the fascists. That's what they did. And now we got, we're still talking about the same thing these many, many years later. And you stayed up all night smoking reefers and listening to Dr. Dre. Thank you all for listening. Busted Pencils is next. I know it's true. I was there. (laughs) 